I also understand that women are not allowed to touch such things as bananas, carrots, cucumbers. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. Is that Why true? though, Alex? Me, is that one of those things that's going to turn out to be fake news? Are you, are you absolutely sure that's true? I know. Do you love that? I don't know. If the ovaries thing is true, then, then anything fair point. is possible. And, and the ovaries thing is true. Yes, that was a religious concern. This is the Mid-East Peace Podcast. This is Molly Livingstone here in Jerusalem. And of course, on the other side of the pond is my co-host, Alex Giles. How are you doing today there in London? I'm hungover, Molly. (laughs) Tell me about it. Was it a raging night? At my age, anything that goes beyond 10 o'clock in the evening is a raging night. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I went midweek drinking, which is also a bad idea. When you were young, do you remember being young, Molly? You're younger than me. Um, you could you could go drink. All, how dare you? <laughs> how very dare you? You could yeah. you could drink every night, and and now I can't I can't do that. So I foolishly went drinking with a friend. Hello, Howard. In case you're <laughs> listening to the podcast later, yes, it went from it's eight thirty. It's a bit too early to go home. To how it comes it's now eleven o'clock or so. Us crazy kids staying out till all hours. Wow. Yeah, really living it up. Well, living you know it. what? We get to have this conversation and you get to ask me if I'm out drinking and Mm -hmm. all of that. And yet, in some places in the world, alcohol is banned. Nice segue, Molly. Let's talk. Yeah, isn't that a good (laughs) one? Smooth. (laughs) And especially banned for women. And women aren't allowed to do a lot of things. And if you don't know what I'm talking about yet listening to this, we're going to clue you in. It just became... A law, although the law is not official until June 2018, in Saudi Arabia, women will be permitted to drive a car. Not drink and drive, just drive. It's the end of the world as we knew it. I question if this is the Brexit of the Middle East. What do you think, being British and dealing with your own divorce from Europe? Do you think this is going to be the collapse, the gateway drug of um, (laughs) women actually being able to take control of something like a steering wheel will lead them to then destroy the Middle East? I think it's further proof that we're living in the alternate universe in which Trump won the election, which in all other universes didn't happen because it's too crazy and fucked up. And in this universe that we now live in, anything can happen, including women now being able to drive in Saudi Arabia. But as you say, it's uh, not until next year because it's going to take a year to teach them all how to park. Boom. Get that in. (laughs) Thank you. I'm here. I thought it was because they're going to bring in Asian refugees just to make the women look better. You know that? That was a bit of a racial stereotype there, Molly, but okay. Well, I mean, you did a woman stereotype. I'm not allowed to do an Asian. Here's the thing. I feel very lucky to live in this part of the Middle East where I am allowed to drive. I'm allowed to drive to work. I'm allowed to work in the same office as a man. I mean, it is absurd. The more that I did research about this becoming just being allowed, a woman being allowed to drive, I I can't wrap my mind around it, okay? I was speaking to my husband because I'm allowed to, I guess. And also... (laughs) Which he is delighted by, you know that. Yeah, well, truth be told, I think men would appreciate a little bit more of a uh, shut-your-mouth kind of (laughs) attitude that the Saudis have. But 
you know, they are allowed to have Uber. And that's how women get around with chauffeurs, with Uber, or with some other male in the car, a father or a son. And so one, they're worried that chauffeurs will be put out of business. But two, as I'm speaking to my husband, I'm saying, how could they feel more comfortable with a woman sitting in a car with the random man, you mm-hmm. know, in an Uber, mm-hmm. than her just driving by herself? And he said, because it's not about her safety. It's not about that. It's about the control over her and the power. Yep. For a moment to be serious, I just had a daughter and I cannot imagine raising my child, my daughter, a girl, a woman in a world like that where you're so captive to the point that you literally are blanketed in this kind of torture. Mm -hmm. And I say blanket as the full gear that they have to wear, which by the way, Makes no sense that they also get nose jobs underneath it. Just throwing that out there. Your nose looks great under a black cloud. So that's ranty of me. But did you know, we were talking about this a little bit off the air, that we were having a debate that this law has always been, you know, Mm. since Saudi Arabia existed, but in actuality, that is not the case at all. No, absolutely. I I admitted my complete ignorance on this. As as you say, we were talking before we came on air. And if you had asked me an hour ago, when did this come in? I just had the general assumption that it always just existed since the idea of cars being in Saudi Arabia had existed. But no, uh, 1990, as you pointed out, is when this actually became a law rather than a general sort of standard thing. I mean, certainly, as I understand it, before then, it would have been highly unusual and was sort of highly frowned upon women who drive, right. but it's only 1990. And as you, as you pointed out, it's the Gulf War and the, the Saudi government seeing American female soldiers, women, yeah, women mm-hmm. driving, driving Humvees and, and military vehicles around that shocked them into passing a law. And there was a demonstration by fatwa. 50, yeah, fatwa. And there was a demonstration by 50 women, I think, that, that year when they themselves saw uh, American women openly driving vehicles and it was panic against that that brought this law in in 1990. Just goes to show, as you said, things that you think are sort of ancient and sort of part of a heritage or part of a sort of a, a religious tradition are nothing of the sort. And right. uh, we were talking apparently that the, the other interpretation of should women be allowed to drive is that some interpretations is that in the time of Muhammad, women were allowed to lead camels and if they were allowed to lead camels, then really they should be able to drive. So, you know, you, you can interpret these things however, however you wish. One hump or two. One hump or uh, two. <laughs> well, you know, I'm very, obviously, as a woman disturbed by this, you said that it's very frowned upon, right? Before it became a law, it was something that was frowned upon. So I think that in the Middle East, what I see is a lot of times there's things like status quo. We don't necessarily have constitutions or the Bill of Rights. We go by here in Israel, we go by the Torah mm-hmm. as sort of a guidance. And there's, of course, Sharia law within the Islamic world, which again is sort of going by religious law, which happens in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the biggest country in the Middle East. 
And I see that here in Israel as well. We have a status quo. I will give you an example. At the Western Wall, which is one of the most religious sites for the Jews, the status quo is that women are not allowed to wear a prayer shawl, which is considered for a man. Mm -hmm. Or in 2012, my favorite, there was research done on the wall, right? You touch the wall. The wall is holy. It was part of the temple, yada, 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 as the Jews would say. And they said it's incredible when you look at the wall, the first sort of six feet well let's be honest Jews are on average more like five seven it's all <laughs> filth it's like dirt and disgusting right because people touch it and they kiss it some people you know put their whole body against it, whatever they're doing and they have their prayer book sounds like Wednesday books. night for me again sorry <laughs> it's great thank you that's that's gross uh anyway so so they came out with research and the rabbi of the Western Wall said that there's so much dirt and fecal matter. Mm. Because, yes, but why? Because of women's tears. <laughs> Women are crying. It's so beautiful. They're so devoted to their prayer that the shit literally comes out of their <laughs> eyes. I mean, what is going on? But this kind of absurdity, okay, Here, here's how I'm going to connect this, also happens throughout the Middle East. This is very common. Case in point, one of the reasons that they wouldn't let women drive was that there was research, not proof, just someone kind of said this, you know, at some point that it could hurt their ovaries. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get it? This is the kind of shit, if we want to talk about shit, that women have to deal with. This is it. This is what we're looking at. And in Saudi Arabia, I mean, the shit is endless. As I was going on with the research, I told you drinking is not allowed. Of course, that's according also to Sharia law. Yep. Obviously, being gay is not allowed. Let's just put that out there. Women, lesbian, no. Gay, man, penis and butt, no. Nope. Birth control, nope, not allowed. Being too attractive, not allowed. Three men. I would not be allowed in Saudi Arabia. Especially on a drinking night when yeah. things get very blurry. Bloodhound gang song, You're Pretty When I'm Drunk. Three men were actually deported for being too attractive. Women can't order takeout unless they're ordering it from another woman, cashier. Then that would be okay. Your wedding night, Alex, listen to this. This mm. might come in handy for you if you're on uh, Tinder and you get a lot of swipe lefts. The swipe right. If you want to get married, you don't have to be in the same room. You don't even see the person. Actually, sort of the moms check out the other side and eventually you'll be together. But the actual ceremony is mostly not being together. Is that nuts? Well, that's quite convenient if you think about it. There are some benefits to that. But yes, it is nuts. I also understand that women are not allowed to touch such things as bananas, carrots, cucumbers. <laughs> it's the best. Is that Why true? Did you, I mean, is that one of those things that's going to turn out to be fake news? Are you, are you absolutely sure that's true? I know. Do you love that? I don't know. If the ovaries thing is true, then, then fair point. And, and the ovaries thing is true. Yes, that was a religious concern. That it might happen. Though, again, in the essence of balance, there are Jews, as we said, that believe some crazy shit. Uh, now, How dare you? Now, yeah. yep. now, tell me, who, who, which group is it of the guys that can't go near graves? So when they're oh. in aeroplanes, they cover themselves in plastic in the belief that that creates a barrier. Because, of course, they're worried about they might fly over a graveyard. There's a sect, what? isn't there? Yeah, have you not well, seen this? I know. 
you're my woman on the ground there. You're supposed to bring all this well, out. They're in me. the air. They're, I can't yeah. verify so, so there's they're a sect, up there. There's a sect, and they believe that graves are unholy, for want of a better word. And so when flying, and there are some photographs of this in, on a commercial airline, they cover themselves in plastic, which is a you know a bit of a safety concern for a number of reasons. I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure if I've sat at the window seat and the guy next to me is well, covered in plastic that I really want that. I'd be I'd be concerned. And of course, as a more mainstream thing, you have a a large, relatively large Jewish community that would not sit next to a woman on an aeroplane or a bus that was not related sure. to them. I mean, that's a bit more mainstream. And um, so well, I think, I'm yeah, not... I think, that, you know, let, let, let's take it as sort of from a position that maybe the, the only thing that separates Israel from Saudi Arabia is that both have these groups that are, we might consider a little bit uh, weird, but in Saudi, Nutty. yeah, but in Saudi, they're running the country. Okay, I'm going to stop you here because there's so many things you said. Okay. Plastic keeping you from graves. Mm -hmm. Who knew plastic was so powerful? Yes. And I I assume, by the way, they poke air holes in it, because otherwise that's going to be, you know, difficult. Uh, So how that works, I don't know. Or survival of the fittest if they don't make it out. Like, oh, well. I know that when you're referring to some people not going to graves, I mean, the only thing that came to my mind is we have tribes and we had you know, back in the day, I'm talking about thousands of years ago, the Jewish tribes. And then we have the Kohanim. These are the priests, the high priests. Now, you've heard of, you know, people being Kohens, right? Mm-hmm. You've got like every Joe Schmo or Shmuel, if you're being Jewish, there's a Kohen in there. Their last name is Kohen. Now, that means that they might come from the high priesthood, most likely. And those priests are not allowed to go near graves. Ah. The rest of them wrapping themselves up in plastic maybe some kind of kinky fetish <laughs> that has turned into some kind of law. You're absolutely right. There are people in all religions that take things to the extreme. Of course, here, something recently, I saw a picture in a very religious neighborhood of a pizza place where they have a line for men and women, which, of course, then you beg to question who has the better pizza. Mm-hmm. But, of course, saying that the only thing that is different in Saudi Arabia and Israel I don't agree because they're being run by an ultimate religious society where they have a kingdom, right? They're all kings and queens, which is more similar, I would say, to England in that sense. Here, it is a full-on democracy. Whether or not we keep to democracy within that, it is not in the sense of a religious state. It is supposed to be a Jewish and democratic state. So while you may have uh, Sunday through Thursday as the holidays because Friday is our Sabbath, you still have, because of democracy in my opinion, for Ramadan holidays that people who are Muslim, who are practicing and fasting, don't have to work or work, you know, get off early and those kinds of things, that's democracy. In Saudi Arabia, if you are not Muslim, you are not considered a citizen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, as a Jewish person, I would not say, oh, Israel and Saudi are so similar. Not at all, of course. And it goes beyond that. You have Tel Aviv here where women's boobs are just practically hanging out of anything they wear. That would never be the case in Saudi Arabia. In fact, it's so the opposite that beyond just not driving, there's police out there that will make sure men and women are, you know, not hanging out together. Uh, There's a popular area called Chop Chop Square. Which again, in my Jewish mind, I think of circumcision, chopping of the penis as a woman, you know. But in fact, it's actually where they cut off heads most of the time. But, but Molly, it's fair to say... Not but, not but, heads. There is a a sizable minority in Israel that would like Mm. the country to look a lot more like Saudi Arabia. 
and would be much happier if essentially, I mean, this is, you know, what I find fascinating sitting outside the region, that when you look at extremists, might not be, it's probably not the right word, but if you look at certain elements of Judaism and elements of it, they would be much more comfortable with a country that looked like Saudi Arabia than the country they exist in. Israel mm. and and the irony of course is that actually in Saudi Arabia because other religions and other sects not just religions but other views of Islam are unlawful and are pushed back that their idea right. the, the sects in Israel that think that it would be much better if they kind of lived in a Saudi type environment they themselves would be in trouble and of course it's, it's not just in Saudi Arabia that it um, doesn't allow Christianity uh, there for example it's that it just allows one very extreme version of, of Islam to exist. Right. I think that this whole world is getting more and more extreme. Every time you say sect, by the way, I hear sex. Does anyone else hear that? Yeah, but that's uh, just you, Molly. We've established a long time ago that's just you. <laughs> but I do see, you know, the whole world... Look, the extremists always have the louder voice, right? Even in America, what we're seeing right now, I mean... The president will sway things, so his focus is going to be on the football players kneeling during the national anthem. That can be a type of extremism. Of course, you have North Korea. You have extremists there. You have extremists in England. You have extremists in Germany. Look how close the race was there for the elections this time with the right wing stepping it out. So I think that that happens all over the place. And of course, that happens here in Israel as well. I mean, one of the darkest days that I've seen recently was a look. Our government is practically dictated by religious parties and that blows chunks that sucks (laughs) and one of these religious parties one of the members of Knesset of the government went to two years ago went to a family member's gay wedding to show respect because the family was falling apart after a terrorist attack where they lost one of the family members in it and he felt by going it would help unite the family of course he's avidly against gay marriage and there is no such thing as gay marriage in this country so maybe it was just a party whatever two years later there's a whatsapp where he apparently wrote it was nice and because of that he was basically forced to resign from the party (laughs) okay and that to me is so sad that that is part of my country where i live where i believe in pluralism and all this but he wasn't shot dead for it the extreme way shot dead they would just decapitate him i guess in saudi arabia and it there is a difference and there is a voice that's where democracy has a place where these women it was the 47 women that protested in 1990 against not being able to drive and maybe there were more women but they were stuck on a bus somewhere yeah <laughs> they were arrested i think that Women here can make their points. You know, we have slut walks, you know, to shame people for what is a slut. I am not a slut. We're allowed to do that. We have, of course, one of the most popular gay parades in all of the world here. And in Jerusalem, we've had the march. We've discussed this where you're right. There's been stabbings and there has to be uh, heavy police protection. But it exists. It's not denied and it's not illegal yeah and so you know i jokingly wrote as one of my questions for today you know if they let women drive by themselves will they let women get on airplanes by themselves and then lo and behold i see that as part of this guardianship law which exists no they can't go on planes by themselves because if they did they'd probably never come back I mean, you know, you get out of there and you go to Vegas for one day, you ain't going to swing back to Saudi Arabia after that. 
But this is what's happening. I see the change. It's really come about with this young prince, Mohammed bin Salam, who has this 2030 vision for changes in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. This isn't just him being generous to women and believing in equality. It's a legit way to boost the economy which right now they have a big problem with. So if you can get more women into the workforce, then you can boost the economy. So that's part of the rationale. It's not just believing that women can drive stick, which maybe they can. <laughs> so do you, like you, do you think, Molly, that this is, this is the thin end of the wedge, as we say, and that this is a very hopeful sign that Saudi Arabia, under a new generation of leaders, is going to become a more, for want of a better term, normalized country i'm very hesitant about using that word as uh, normal normal uh, <laughs> is, is that what we're looking at in a year that's been uh, full of lots and lots of bad news politically should we not celebrate this uh, for what it is which is a good thing and a hopeful sign well i think that the celebration is a little bit early when the law doesn't take effect to june 2018 and of course there are already people via whatsapp that are writing about how to make sure this doesn't actually take place in saudi arabia mm -hmm. i think that a country that only let women vote in 2015 a country where if a woman doesn't make coffee for her husband it's grounds for divorce mm -hmm. i think that type of a country it's for every one step forward, two steps back, if birth control is illegal, if being gay is illegal, if you can't even have a drink at the end of your day like Alex and embarrass yourself, <laughs> you know, if that is illegal, if touching a zucchini is too sexual for people because they might have crazy thoughts, I don't know. I don't think it is a normalization at all. And I think that it's another part of a plan of power just to keep holding power in a kingdom that it forever shall be and there is no happy ending. Oh my God, it's so depressing. Yeah, I was trying to be positive. You decided to be depressing. Well, okay. I'll, well, that's I'll, Jewish humor. That's Jewish humor for you. Okay, then. So, should we leave <laughs> it on that? Should we, it up should on we that. leave it on that open <laughs> note? Well, I'll say one more thing. In the article that we wrote on the Mideast piece that's up there, they uh, talk about Starbucks being able to drive to a Starbucks or, for punishment, Dunkin' Donuts. And I just wanted to clarify that Dunkin' Donuts has delicious coffee, and I would have a Dunkin' over a Starbucks any day. So, Just to be clear, we're not yet sponsored by either of those organizations. Other coffee is available. Yeah, I guess. I want to just put it out there for the audience. You know, of course, you can share your thoughts. We're on iTunes, so you can subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud. TheMideastBeast.com is where you can find all the fantastic articles. You can follow us on Twitter at MideastBeasties and on Facebook, The MideastBeast. And I would love to hear what you guys think because, uh, Alex, you put the question to me and I'll put it to the audience. Is this a step in the right direction? Is this a type of normal in the new modern era of what is going on in this crazy psychotic world of ours we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments and let us know what you think right alex absolutely i do very much mainly if they say nice things of course you understand yeah i'm fragile it, and just to like let's all do this together while you write your comments you should uh, have a drink right that's <laughs> that's the real answer to all our all it our helps. troubles trust me it helps and remember molly always have to thank scott our brilliant editor who is going to uh uh, edit the crap out of us. Edit the crap out of us. So, Scott, as always, thank you. Molly, as always, it's been emotional. I'll speak to you next week. 
and I'm going to get in a car and drive somewhere. Thank you so much for listening to the Mid East Peace Podcast.